The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a podcast where two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And today you are listening to a very special episode. This is an expose on the inquiry at Hogwarts that has been ongoing all season long. <laughs> So yeah, it's just the one section. We're just going to talk about education right now, you guys, because I don't know if you noticed this fucking chapter. Uh, chapter 15, right? You've listened to the first part last week. This chapter is very upsetting. So much. It's like so many fucked up things happen dealing with people like being responsible adults to children. And then this chapter is sort of just like, it like reaches ahead to a point where it's like, How did literally no one stop and think, maybe we shouldn't let children do this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, a little bit hard for us to, I mean, obviously not that hard, because we still talked for an hour and 15 minutes, but a little bit hard for us to have content outside of the education section about this chapter, because it just is, like, so fucking much. It's so much. So, yeah, with that said, let's get in to this here expose do you want to recap all the rest of the stuff or just go right into the stuff in this chapter i think we should we should sort of start at the beginning right so this inquiry began honestly before they even got to school with (laughs) the way that they got in contact with harry to tell him that he was going to hogwarts right absolutely bananas that that they just sent him a goddamn owl that they sent Hagrid to come collect him that he had to get that he was sent home from his time with Hagrid by himself with an owl (laughs) with an owl which Which makes me want to put in the circus music Sorry. Ha ha, I got Jessie when she was drinking for the first time. <laughs> we should keep tally. <laughs> uh, everything about, like, no one helping them get onto the fucking platform. This school is is utterly out of control, right? I mean, no adults on the train, in the hallways between classes, at night, question mark? Only Felch, who 
literally should never be around children even more than Snape should literally never be around children. It's just... Maybe because Filch at least like follows some some boundaries, right? He talks a lot about wanting to torture children, but he knows that he can't. Whereas Snape, under the guise of quote-unquote teaching, can actually inflict bodily harm upon children and get away with it. He sure can. Uh, Right, so they employ abusive teachers who have no right teaching children. The person responsible for not letting children die on broomsticks is, like, high and doesn't give a fuck about her (laughs) job. (laughs) And inexplicably, even with the lack of adult oversight, there's still no privacy for these children. But yet... They're still being viciously bullied in the hallways between classes, outside of classes, sometimes in classes, and just the, like, there's just no child welfare going on. It's like, are you dead? Okay, cool. It's freezing. It's freezing. Someone's letting trolls in. (laughs) The children are not being accounted for except for by other children, which means that they can just leave and go fight a fucking troll without anyone noticing. The headmaster becomes invisible and follows children around the (laughs) castle. The gamekeeper lets kids get bit by a dragon and then makes them carry a dragon in the middle of the night. Like nothing good is happening here. And literally everyone's teaching style has nothing to do with teaching, even the good teachers. It's just like, point your wand and speak Latin. There's no actual teaching taking place. It's more like supervising, question mark. I feel like supervising in quotation marks, I feel like is maybe. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And like, it's so, it's extra weird because they are only ever assigned the homework where they like learn the theory after the class where they do the practice it's like chemistry classes backwards right (laughs) in chemistry class you go to the classroom setting you learn about what makes the reactions happen and then you go to lab and you do the things and watch the reactions happen they do this in reverse first they point wands and speak latin then they read books about what makes it work when you point your wand and speak latin which like is utter nonsense this school is a hot mess and also to kind of start getting into our content for today is the way that the teachers even vaguely try to discipline and control the the students is through a very arbitrary system of house points Mm mm-hmm which can also be gained via sporting prowess. <laughs> and and it's just like what is the only thing it does is just seem to promote like infighting antagonism and, and antagonism yeah. and favoritism. I mean Harry and Hermione and Neville become social pariahs after losing 150 house points to the point where like even people 
who always lose house points, talking to you, Fred and George, don't <laughs> speak to Harry Potter. Yeah. It's bananas. Um, 10 points to Gryffindor for use of the word pariah. <laughs> Great work. I've never said that word out loud. <laughs> At least not in a sentence. <laughs> See, that's how arbitrary they are. I just gave Jesse 10 points because I'm impressed. <laughs> right. And that's... But, like, I'm also, like, not dependent. Like, my social standing in, like, the school that I also live in is not dependent on my getting house points. Right. It's just that, like, it it just is awful. It's just a terrible way. Like, you're not teaching children anything. No. I think, it, not that it doesn't teach children anything. It just teaches them the wrong things. It's the right. wrong message. Yeah. Yeah, and then also relating to this content, right? No one at this school cares about children's sleep uh, ability to get enough sleep, which is extremely proven by this detention, which starts at 11 p.m. and is supposed to end at dawn. Dawn. They're supposed to stay up all night in the Forbidden Forest with Hagrid. Yeah, and it's like, we're, like, What? They're kids. How are they even still awake? Like, besides, well, they're I terrified. Think... Adrenaline right. is a great. I'm about to say, pure anxiety is the only thing keeping them all awake right now. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that really like brings us right. We've that's everything we've covered in previous editions. Let's really get into this expose, right? Because this is out of control. Oh my god! Everything about this. Everything about this chapter is just what not to do to children. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I feel like every single note is that I have is either in all caps or ends in, like, question mark, exclamation point. I have this written down last, but I think it's a great way to start. Uh, the first centaur that they talk to, I don't know why I can't remember which one it is. Rowan? Is that- Rowan. Rowanin. Ronan. Uh, anyway, the first centaur that they talk to asks, do you learn anything at school? And I wrote in all caps, this is an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> Hermione responds, a bit, which is a very honest answer. I mean, it really is. Uh, yeah. We can go anywhere. I started with this detention is bonkers. 11 p.m.? In the Forbidden Forest with Hagrid? <laughs> like, every single thing about that. Look, we love Hagrid, but this is not a man who can be trusted to mind four 11-year-olds in the Forbidden Forest in the middle of the night, which is evidenced when he splits them into groups and sends one of the groups off with a dog. A dog! <laughs> A dog. A dog that when confronted with the bad thing in the forest, screams and runs away. I thought that scream was Malfoy screaming. It says, so did Fang. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but it happened. Oh, I'm going to make sure I'm right about this. No, I think I'm... Yeah, Malfoy let out a terrible scream and bolted. So did Fang. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like... Yes, about Hagrid. And, like, it's also, like, Hagrid and no other fucking adults. And no other adults who could, like, do magic in case, I don't know, some, like, 
fucking creepy ass wizard shows up who's drinking the unicorn blood and tries to attack Harry Potter. Like, Hager, there's a lot of things Hagrid is capable of doing, but like, he doesn't have a wand. And that does mean that he is limited in some ways. And these kids are 11. They know how to like, unlock a door and lift it a feather. Like, they, there's, they don't even know how to protect themselves yet. Like, no. why isn't there another magical adult with them in this situation? It's like a giant fucking forest, and he's like, send up red sparks and I'll come save you. So many things could go wrong with that plan. Like, any guarantee that he would be able to see the sparks, for instance. Right, like... When when they uh, reconfigure the groups and it's just like uh, Harry and Malfoy and Fang, they're walking for half an hour. Walking for half an hour in the woods, you can get pretty fucking far in half an hour. Right. Like they could have ended up at fucking Aragog's place. Right. So many terrible things could have happened to them. And okay, uh, before we move away from the sending up sparks thing. <laughs> Hagrid's like, send up green sparks if you find the unicorn. Practice that. They practice. He's like, and if you're in trouble, red sparks, let's go. They don't practice the red sparks part. (laughs) 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 Which is exactly why Hagrid should not be allowed. It's Neville. Like, it's Neville. If anybody was going to get in trouble and accidentally send up the wrong color sparks it's fucking neville it would be neville yes also i wrote down nothing will hurt you if you're with me or fang says the man hunting an unknown unicorn murderer (laughs) (laughs) with a fucking crossbow (laughs) like (laughs) which sounds like an onion title article headline actually that could be one of our article headlines onion style article yes uh yeah i have the word why do you want to see what it looks like my book is a mess i should just like put pictures of the pages of my book i feel like i have why after so many things look at how big it is (laughs) that is accurate i have a lot of things in all caps like why like why is it tension at night why are they in the woods why is is hagrid the only adult why is Phil allowed to have fucking chains in his office? What the fuck? But he can't use them. Oh, do you want to talk about this? So, because I was like, mm, we got to think about some timeline here. Filch makes it very clear that he previously was allowed to chain up these children and torture them. Mm-hmm. Like the fucking Trunchbull. Like, yeah. what is happening? I was like, how long... Has he worked there, though? Because he was not the hall monitor or whatever he's called, the caretaker. What is he? Whatever. He was not the hall monitor when Molly and Arthur were at school. They were definitely still using corporal punishment when Molly and Arthur were in school because Arthur, to this day, has scars from a punishment he received. Which is fucked up. Which is super fucked up. And then I was like, maybe Dumbledore abolished corporal punishment. However, timeline age stuff wise, Molly and Arthur were at Hogwarts in the 60s. Dumbledore became headmaster in 1956. So that's not the case. At some point after the 1960s, Filch took over. It's now the 90s. Who knows when in there they stopped torturing children 
it probably wasn't that long ago. What in the whole world? Okay, so while you were talking, you know what that means? No. I lots think, of things that are bad. Yeah, it means lots of things that are bad. But what comes to mind is Filch was probably too enthusiastic and they had to stop. Oh. Oh. Like. God, if Arthur having scars was not too enthusiastic, what do you think fucking Filch got up to? Like cutting off people's hands. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is not a good school. No! And, like, in in no way, shape, or form should Filch, like, ever be allowed around children. No. Like, and I mean, I get it. He's, like, a smidge bit of a, like, tragic character, but, like, goddamn. Like, he keeps oiled manacles in his office. Like. He's a freak. I mean, <laughs> probably, yes. But, he, like. He should leave the wizarding world, the witching world, where he is miserable for super good reason. Go into muggle society and find work where his manacles and chains would be much appreciated by paying customers. I mean, really, yeah. I, like... I don't know what he's doing there. I, like, want to give him some agency, right? And, like, not just be, like... Because we we are going to have a Filch Human Rights Violations watch. It's (laughs) coming. It will happen. Um... That doesn't mean that I, like, have a whole lot of, like... I don't have any room for the way that he treats these children, but, like, I also don't have any room for the way that he himself is treated, but also, like, what is he doing there? Just, like, go. You don't have to just be around magic all the time just because you were born to magical parents. Yeah. I mean, I assume that Filch is a, like, bit of a pity hire. Um, I'm not sure how exactly, but... I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess if you don't want to leave the wizarding world, but the witching world, but you're still bitter because you're not a witch, it's just like nothing about that is good. Let me work around magical children. Like, for the love of God, make new choices. It does sound very, like, self-hating. Yeah. So. Hagrid says it's dangerous what we're going to do, and I wrote, they are 11. (laughs) Right, it's like, I'll I'll even give them the benefit of the doubt when Hagrid's like, writing lines is not going to do anything, like, detention, you should do something useful. And I get that. But, like, literally hunting something that is killing unicorns at night in in the Forbidden Forest, like, literally no one was like, maybe we shouldn't do this. It's... And like mind blowing, and it's like how do they? And like it's like how can the children like even help even help him? Like there's not, and I mean I just like, <sighs> I I do I think that what actually they're doing according to Hagrid is just finding the wounded unicorn. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're supposed to be hunting the thing that hurt the unicorn. They're just supposed to help him find it. Yeah, I mean, that's still Which is still dangerous. not okay, because something still killed the fucking unicorn. Right. 
and it's in the forest. Right. And also, like, that sounds fucking traumatic to, like, look for a fucking dead unicorn. Like, right? what? What is happening? I mean, like, when I was 11, I, like, didn't want to dissect frogs. I felt sad about, like... Yep. Let alone, like, let's go into the woods and find a, like, wounded slash dead unicorn. <laughs> Great point. I definitely got a note, a parent's note, to get out of dissecting a heart in fifth grade. So, yep. It's an excellent yeah. point. Beautiful, precious unicorn. Like, I don't want to see it dead. I want to see it cantering through the woods majestically. Like, the fuck? Yep. Um, so they're in the woods. Hagrid has split them up. This thing happens. Neville screams. He sends up red sparks. Luckily, he screams and sends up red sparks so that Hagrid knows which direction to look to see the red sparks. Because otherwise, who knows? Right. Uh, and what does he do? He says, stay right here. And leaves harry and hermione they could have literally been eaten by by something like something could have been like wandering past and been like oh look at these snacks cool right it also is like baffling because clearly he should have kept neville and draco with him like Mm -hmm. draco is unpredictable neville is a hot mess he sent them away with fang because he likes Harry and Hermione and wanted to hang out with them. Yeah. And even and he knows about Neville because he was even like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Hermione and Neville. Harry, you can hang with with Malfoy because you're not we wouldn't be as easily scarable. And I'm like What? Like Right. It's very ridiculous. This this whole this whole chapter is not a great look for Hagrid. No, it's not a great look for fucking Hogwarts. I mean that too. <sighs> and it's like, you know, they come across the centaurs in the forest and it's chill. But as we learn in other books, it could have easily been not chill because the centaurs don't fucking care about people. They're so unpredictable. Like, and understandably so, but it's like, Hagrid, my dude, like... What if they were decided to be like, we're just going to fucking murder these children because fuck humans. Like. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, who, like, who approved this detention? Right? Like, it's not like Hagrid's just like, send me some 11 year olds. Like, clearly, I mean, McGonagall's the one who sends them the note being like, you have to go meet filch at 11 fucking p.m which is definitely after curfew and when they are not allowed to be out of bed which is what they're in trouble for in the first place why did she approve this detention well lark if you'd like to be out of bed so much you can be out of bed in the forbidden forest oh it's like (laughs) if you want to smoke you can smoke a whole pack of cigarettes (laughs) (laughs) which we all know is of course a really winning a strategy for getting children to actually stop doing a thing and not detrimental to their little mental, their little brains or anything. Right. Um, I mean, I just, this is clearly a setup by Dumbledore. And the fact that he like 
gives Harry back his cloak where it says just in case basically just in case you just sneak around the fucking castle some more is like just the most inappropriate thing just in case you play right into the hands of the trap I have been laying for you and need to follow Quirrell slash Voldemort down into the wherever with the fucking stone and go through an obstacle course and Blah, 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 blah. Just in case that's Dumbledore, <laughs> you're out of control, sir. Yeah. You fired. He really should not be headmaster at all. I'm so upset. I feel like I'm like about to start rage crying. <laughs> it's like so upsetting. And it's like. McGonagall, who's her head of house, like, doesn't fucking... She might suspect a lot of things, but she doesn't know half of the shit that's happening, you know? That, like, Dumbledore is, like, doing this thing, and she's probably, like, legitimately concerned for these, like, you know, kids. Like, she's legitimately angry that they were out, and she just, like, doesn't know what is happening. And it's, like, if something had gone horribly wrong, like, Harry would have been fucking dead, and then what? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, do do we want to assume that Invisible Dumbledore was in the woods with them? I don't think so. No? I don't, I mean, I don't know. Because he definitely can't lose his, he can't lose his, you know, uh, weapon that is Harry yet. So he couldn't have let That's anything... True not go according to his plan here yeah yes and that just kind of sense of like i don't really care or give a fuck about what is going on besides like the thing that right and like and it's very like by any means necessary right it's like whatever it fucking takes to get harry down into that dungeon to expose voldemort and like see what happens when they are confronted with one another to like verify my horcrux theory right that's like yeah i mean i think that's that's definitely it where it's like as as much as the the stone is a trap is a like bait for voldemort it is equally like bait for harry right and so. and I assume the reason that he wants to get Harry and Voldemort in the same space is because he suspects that Harry is a Horcrux. He suspects that because Harry is, like, the blood relative, the magic thingamajigger, the blood magic from his mom, he wants to test his theory about, about what would happen if Harry and Voldemort were to physically interact. And Mm. realistically thinking about the end of the series, like Dumbledore is probably in that goddamn room just watching. I don't know how else he would have found Harry. But wait, wasn't he, I thought he was gone for a majority of them being in the, Fair. Very fair. What's fair, listeners, fair. is me putting air quotes, air quotes around gone <laughs> because being like, goodbye, McGonagall, I'm leaving, right? Like stomping on the stairs, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is me departing. It, it, was, it was, it was very convenient that he was gone at that exact 
moment when the kids are finally like, oh, we should involve an adult. Right, exactly. Which I feel like took so long because it's like, they were like, Dumbler's not going to believe us. And I feel like McGonagall's still pissed about them losing house points. They weren't going to go to her. And I'm like, this is why house points are fucking dumb. Like, they could just gone to her and be like, we have these suspicions. And she'd have been like, oh, fuck, the stone and the dog and all this bullshit I've been seeing. Let me hold that thought. Like, hold that thought. But they're just like, I feel like they were just too concerned about, like, talking to her about it. Because they're just like, oh, we lost all these right. points. She's mad And also, us. she doesn't believe them. She's like, I don't know. I don't... She, in the same way that she's like dragon nonsense. Like she's like, why professor Snape absurd. She's not like primed for that, you know? Yeah. Which as much as like, she would absolutely be a better headmaster than Dumbledore, but her, she is a little bit like closed minded a bit, you know, um, for someone who lives in this like bonkers, world (laughs) i mean i think i think mcgonagall has a blind spot where she lives in a magical world but she still assumes that whatever the easiest explanation is is the explanation and not like necessarily a super out of the box thinker because like right like with them being like draco being like they had a dragon and her being like, what a bullshit ass story this is. But it's also like, you're a witch in a witch school. Like, and like you said, it's not entirely impossible. Especially with Hagrid there. With Hagrid. And I'm sure his very vocally known, well-known love of Mm -hmm. dragons. Um, And I think, I guess I've never thought about this. It also sort of like puts into perspective, how the Marauders were able to get away with becoming literal full-on Anamaji under her nose, someone who is also a literal Anamaji, like, or however you pronounce it. I guess we'll figure it out for book three. But, like, how did she not notice them doing the steps you need to do that for, you know? Right. And so, just listening to you talk right now, is Dumbledore obliviating her? Like, on the regular, she's definitely the one in this position to, like, foil his plan the most often. And I kind of feel like that's maybe the only explanation for a lot of her behavior. Oh, that's such a terrible explanation. I want to counter that with a less shitty explanation. Okay. Which is, Dumbledore was McGonagall's, like, teacher when she was young. He probably knows her really well. And is probably really good at manipulating. Is, like, saying things where she, that she's going to believe because he knows her so well. So I feel like, I think he is probably manipulating her on some level. Because it is really ridiculous that she hasn't figured out half the shit that's going on in the series. Yeah. I mean, I I guess basically we're like, is he gaslighting her or is he using magical gaslighting? <laughs> There's not oh a lot God. of... Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> There's 
no good answer kind to of this. I want I actually think that I would rather that he was like using a confoundus charm or obliviate than if he's emotionally gaslighting her because I kind of feel like the the like mental and emotional repercussions as long as she doesn't know he's been doing it of him doing it magically are probably less than the way that you feel when you're in a, the kind of abusive relationship where you're being gaslit all the time. I'm sorry, Jesse. <laughs> Nothing is good about this. I just don't even know what to say because East option is just terrible in their, in its own way. But, uh, it's probably one of those things. Yeah. I feel like with Snape, Ugh. it's more the like other manipulating and also that I feel like Snape's only objective ever in his relationship with Dumbledore was sort of this like back end sort of like chess whatever thing. He's more he's invested in that piece of it and he doesn't give a fuck about the kids. But because Minerva very much gives a fuck about the kids and probably can't be trusted with the information about, like, all this other shit that Dumbledore is doing because it puts children in danger and she would not stand for it. Like, he yeah. he has to be doing something to to stop her from, like, just freaking out, right? And, like... Because we've said it so many times, right? Like, McGonagall would never have let him leave Harry on the fucking porch. Yeah. But with a confoundus charm? Yeah. Sure. Right? He yeah. used it on McGonagall and not on Petunia. <laughs> Which <laughs> fucking Dumbledore priorities, my good man. Like, you could have literally just implanted in Petunia's mind to be nice to this child. Like, what the fuck? Yep, but instead he was like, no, Minerva, it's good to leave babies on porches, not even in a fucking box. Like, this baby could roll away into the road and never be fucking found. <laughs> just... Let's go. It's just in a blanket on the cement of a porch. Jesus, God. <sighs> Oh, God. He is. He's awful. I still love him. You know? Parts of him. Yeah. I, there are still, like, some pieces of Dumbledore that I, like, find very endearing and whatever. But, like, dude is not... He's not above board. The things he tells us about himself in book seven after he's dead... He has a very good read on himself. He's quite correct yeah. about how fucked up of a human he was. But, like, if you know that, maybe do some work to change it. You know? Maybe. Well, as we've established, there's no therapy in the, in the witching world, so this was what he was going to do, I, I guess. Know. So. My brain hurts a little bit. I don't know how you're feeling. I feel like we just made ourselves upset. <laughs> we didn't do it. The book did it. No, you're right. Because so many terrible things happen in this chapter and are unveiled in this chapter. Yeah. Oh, God. 
so McGonagall also needs some kittens it sounds like oh god oh my god can you imagine if she ever found out the amount of like betrayal she would feel I mean I wonder if like you know after the end of the series and McGonagall eventually finds out all this shit Harry went through like she probably went to go like literally piss on Dumbledore's grave because what the fuck And I mean, like, Harry isn't the only, like, person that he's played like this. I feel like, and I feel this is going to come up a bit in later books, but I feel like he has done, he does, like, a slightly similar thing, like, with Snape, where it's like, he's not doing things for Snape's well-being, he's doing it for his own endgame. And it's like, my dude, (laughs) like what uh just like i just i don't think i just don't think dumbledore ever quite grew out of his teenage phase where it's like people are like things a little bit you know yeah he definitely still has that like greater good mentality yeah (sighs) and like he didn't become a fascist like that's cool but like didn't he (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, doesn't he demand, like, complete and utter loyalty from his followers without providing them with any evidence for, right? Like, he just is like, yeah, this thing seems fucked up, doesn't it? You're going to have to trust me. But, like, you know, Dumbledore, like, believes in people and he trusts people and he's like, you know, he really makes you want to do the things that he wants because he's so nice about it or something or something i think (laughs) he's so nice about it slash like ooh that ethical code regarding fucking spells that change your brain on a fundamental level (laughs) well (laughs) is that is that the end of what we have to say? <laughs> um, I literally don't have anything else to say. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've worked myself into like a place where I just need to go like sit in the corner for a little while. <laughs> All right. Are we done? I think we're done. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Gaily Prophet. If you vehemently disagree or agree or anywhere in between with us about all of the things that we've said about Hogwarts and Dumbledore in this potentially very inflammatory episode, please email us at thegalyprofit <laughs> at gmail.com. And uh, please go like, uh, like, nope, please go rate and review us on iTunes, you guys. It's super helpful. And we really appreciate it. And we will always read your name at the top of the show if you do so. So that'd be great. You can also support us at patreon.com slash the gaily profit and get sweet bonus content in exchange. So do that. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the gaily profit. And we post a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, We make a lot of cool content. We post a lot of funny memes. 
and all of the ridiculous random things we talked about in this episode will also be posted on social media. So you should come check us out. Yeah, and uh, and you'll also get our uh, cartoon segment that we put up every week by the creator of our logo, Theo Julian Forrester, which is like an actual section of this newspaper. It's just you have to look at it with your eyes, and so you have to be on the internet on social channels or on our website to see it. They're They're real cool. cool. If you want to check me out on social, I'm on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit and on Instagram at live from Detroit. And I am at larkmalachi.com. It's L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I. You can go over there to find out about the work that I do. You can also find me on socials. uh, By socials, I mean Instagram, but at one of two places on Instagram, one is at Lark Malachi and the other is at Radical Healer. Next week, you will get uh, the first of who even knows how many parts of our conversation about the last two chapters of this book. And until next time, education reform, education reform, education reform, education reform. School board oversight. <laughs> Uh, calls for resignation ethics committee <laughs> ethics committee or ethics board board of ethics <sighs> <laughs> until next time the sound of us weeping gently <laughs> 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 <laughs>